Oh, the Smiths are holding up a sign. Good morning, it says. <laughs> I agree. So good morning, everybody. Just want to welcome you today to our gathering. And uh, before we get started, um, got a real exciting announcement about VBS coming up. Uh, oh, what is this month? It's August now. And uh, so we're having VBS this month. And we're going to have just a paired, slimmed down version. But we still want to know um, that people are excited and willing to attend. So there will be an email uh, or a, a link on the ACE coming out this week. So please register for that, as well as let us know um, how you uh, can volunteer and help us out. So make sure to catch that portion um, of the ACE. And we're looking forward to VBS in about two weeks' time. And so um, with that, I, I think um, I'll, I'll pray just to open us up. And uh, Tom is going to bring us the teaching today from his office. Father, I thank you, God, for... Um, just the day that you've given before us and what you have put before us. I thank you that, um, that you've cared for us this morning already and that you've loved us and, and that you've brought um, your word. And, and God, I'm just excited to get the chance to worship you and, and to get to hear from you today. Amen. All right. Good morning, Oak Ridge. Um, my name's Tom. I'm a member of the teaching team here at Oak Ridge. And today we're going to be continuing our series on being united members of Christ's body. Um, specifically, the topic that I really wanted to talk about today was facing our shadow. Um, that may not be super obvious right away as to how facing our shadow is related to being members of Christ's body, but our shadows can cause division and uh, can make us be not united. So I'll talk more about that as we go forward, but let me go ahead and kick off the slides here. All right. So what is our shadow? What do I mean by that? So our shadow is defined as our untamed emotions, our blind spots, and the hidden version of ourselves. The, the shadow is really mostly unconscious. It's very subtle, but it influence, influences our behaviors. And then also I would define our shadow as it often results in sin, but it could just be our weaknesses. It doesn't necessarily have to result in sin. So let me give you a couple of examples of shadows. Maybe that'll help kind of define it a little bit better. So one example I came up with was someone who has a willingness to serve, but then the shadow kind of causes them to lock themselves in the kitchen to avoid talking to people. Right. So it's something that's good and we have something that's good. And then a shadow makes it something that's not so good. Right. It's not a direct sin, but it could cause division. It could cause relationship problems. Um, another example would be if someone is zealous for God's truth, obviously a great thing, but then they're unloving towards those who disagree with them. So that would be an, as an aspect of the shadow kind of um, being seen there. And, you're, you know, we have something that's good, zealous, and then we act unloving towards them, which absolutely will cause division. And then another final example I had was just that one that actually that I have for myself in my own life is that we might have a desire for our church to maximize its potential, but then we focus on achievements and results instead of what God's will actually is. This one I've run into a lot of times, and it's just that we we get so focused on achievement results in our in our you know human nature that we kind of miss the point and actually try we should be going towards where God wants us to go. So where do these shadows come from? So one of the way, places they come from is kind of obvious. It's our sinful nature. 
So, you know, in seven, Romans 7.18, Paul says, For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. So, I mean, we, we are kind of fighting from a loss already with our broken human nature and our old flesh. That's, what, that's where these, these shadows come from. And it doesn't just come from our sinful nature. It actually comes from our families as well. And when I say families, I'm actually referring to both uh, nature and nurture. So if you've had any psychology classes, you've, uh, you've probably heard of nature versus nurture, which is just saying, like, what's the difference between how we're formed? Are we all genetics being nature in our DNA? Or are we, our personalities formed through nurture, through the raising of us, through um, the ob observance of behaviors of, of our parents, of our grandparents, of the people around us? So I think in the case of shadows, really, we, we get it from both. We are pre genetically predisposed towards maybe being an introvert or an extrovert. And then also there is this nurture aspect where when we're in our formative years, which are roughly 8 to 12 years old, we observed our parents and our family um, or whoever we were, you know, were living with, we observed how they interact with different situations. We observed how they uh, reacted to problems, how they, how they acted in anger, how they were anxious about things. And we absolutely um, used that and we, we internalized it and we started to mimic it. So that's what we do as humans. That's how we, that's how we work. So this, this family dynamic is very important. It actually causes these shadows to kind of creep up in ways that we would never really expect until you kind of look at it from a, a higher point of view. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. And then finally, shadows can be caused by wounds. Um, I don't want to trivialize wounds. Wounds come from, wounds are a big deal. They come from maybe your families, they come from maybe some sort of trauma that you've experienced or, or something else, or maybe some sort of incident that happened. And these, these, are, these are hard things to deal with. They are very hard and they, they may rear their heads, you know, dozens of years later and you didn't even realize it was there. But these shadows can kind of come from those, those types of wounds. So we have these shadows, but why do we need to actually face them? Well, one pretty obvious one is that God commands us to face our shadow. In uh, Ephesians 4.22, Paul says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, to create to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So God is asking us to throw off our old self, to throw off our sinful nature, to throw off our shadow and face it. Another, another reason we need to do, and this is kind of why it lines up with this series really well, is that shadows absolutely divide us. They cause division in the church. There's a really good example of it in Galatians 2. And this is where Peter wasn't eating with Gentiles. Just to refresh everybody's memory, Paul describes a situation where Peter was um, eating with Gentiles just fine at first. And then once uh, James's friends, Jewish friends, came along, he all of a sudden didn't want to be seen with them, and he stopped eating with them. Uh, it seems like he probably didn't realize he was doing it, but it was something subtle, and Paul called Peter out on it absolutely he needed to, because it was causing division with the new Gentile believers um, with that. So, And there's other examples, too, of division in the, in the Bible. I mean, there was the whole circumcision discussion. There was the, like, Ananias and Sapphira. That caused some problems for them. When they had that, uh, when they didn't recognize their own blind spot of hypocrisy of giving. And then, you know, David and Bathsheba in the Old Testament uh, caused division and caused an entire country to have issues. So shadows absolutely divide us and we need to deal with them because of that.
Um, finally, and maybe something a little bit more subtle, is that shadows lessen the impact of our ministry. So next week, David is going to be talking about uh, our gifts and our abilities and how we can use them to serve each other and to serve God. But before we're able to do that to, to the full extent, we actually need to deal with our shadow. In Matthew 7, Jesus is describing removing our planks. Let me just read it real quick. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So a lot of times when we look at this verse, we're referring to the hypocrisy element of it, where uh, we shouldn't be judging others when we have that sin in our own eye. You know what I mean? Sin in our own lives. But really, this, this is also a command. Jesus is saying, in order to serve the others to their fullest extent, to your fullest extent, you need to actually remove those, that plank out of your eye first. Then go and remove, your, remove the speck from your brother's eye. So Jesus is asking us to go and deal with these things that hold us back. And you know, plank in your own eye is a really good example of a blind spot or a shadow. All right, so how do we go about doing this? I have, you know, have this in bullet points is actually pretty, a pretty hard um, way to do it, but I want to kind of stress this point. You cannot change what you are unaware of. I'm going to repeat that. You cannot change what you are unaware of. So if we want to even have a chance of kind of facing our shadow, we need to be aware of it in the first place. Right. So this is going to cause us to have self-reflection times. We need to be we need to be introspective. We need to set aside time during the day where we are calm by ourselves with just us and God. And we are kind of either journaling, praying, whatever we have to do. We have to start naming what happened throughout the day and naming our feelings as a part of that. I know this is maybe not natural for us, specifically us guys, but it's something that's absolutely critical towards kind of facing your shadow. So we need to think, what am I feeling? Am I feeling anger, anxiety? And when I went through the day or yesterday, what was I feeling? How did I react to things? Did I maybe act, react way angrier than I should have? Did I, why did I have that fight with my wife? Why did I have that fight with my husband? We got to think through these things. Um, we got to not only ask the, determine the what, but the why as well. And it, and it takes a lot of kind of self-introspection and then hard work to kind of work through these things. But we're not going to be able to do it on our own completely, right? So, you know, I, I have the point of we need to seek feedback from trustworthy people here. And this is a general statement that actually includes a few different things. Uh, we, we won. We need to seek feedback from those who are close to us, right? We need to be reaching out. And we have blind spots. I mean, for instance, some of you may be shocked to know that I'm actually not very tactful when I speak to people sometimes. And then I, when I'm writing an email, a lot of times I'll have to get my wife to kind of proofread it to say, hey, Am I going to offend anybody with this before I send it out? Um, because it just, I have a blind spot for that. So, you know, you need to be aware of this in order to, and seek feedback that you need help at certain times. Um, and trustworthy people can also be uh, therapists, counselors, psychiatrists, right? We need to be talking to people that are trained to help us kind of deal with these things. If we have major wounds and trauma in our life, you're not going to just get through it by thinking on it harder right? You need to kind of talk to someone who's trained to work through that problem with you, work through those issues with you, and come to resolutions with them, and then face what your shadow is. Um, and then another, another uh, cool different uh, example you can do to face your shadow is this concept of a family genogram. Now, this whole uh, family genogram we did about a year ago at the pastor's conference, and I've really found it 
super impactful. And I'm going to go through an example right now of my own. It's a simplified version, but my own life to kind of show you where it took me and how it can, you, you can use that to impact your own life. So here, let me go ahead and give you a quick example. So I have a few steps here, just real fast. It may be a bit of an eye chart, but I have my family tree here with me in the lower left uh, blue box there. That's Tom. And then I've got my parents there. Uh, the red X means that my uncle was, was dead at a very young age uh, for me, my young age. And um, so that I, you, you're usually supposed to put this as your formative years around eight to 12. And that's how this family tree works. So you, you put your family out there and you should be putting your spouse and stuff, but I'm trying to simplify it. And then the next step you do is you start to put in the relationships that your family members have. And you'll have like a little legend down there and whatever we send out materials. By the way, we will send out the materials for this in the ACES uh, email. And then you can also contact me for that. Um, but you kind of start to put in the different relationships for each family member. Uh, the, the, for me, in this specific example, the bold red means that they're divorced, essentially. There is a conflict or cutoff relationship there. And then green means enmeshed, and then you have distant, poor, and you have conflict. And these kind of just start to show uh, your family dynamics and where you're coming from. And then also you might notice some words next to each of the family members that I have. Uh, these words, these adjectives, um, they're negative focused, right? We're trying to get to, this exercise is trying to get to what is your shadow, meaning what is the generational curses that have been passed from generation to generation down to you? to where you kind of absorbed them when you were a kid and that you still have in you to some degree, right? So, you know, it seems kind of mean maybe to go through this and like, wow, and if I'm really picking out of the negative here, but it's this, the whole purpose of this exercise to show what has affected you negatively throughout your life. So I kind of have some things like my dad being distant or my mom being a bit of escapist and you can kind of see moving up there, upwards from there. And then finally, the last thing and the most important thing, you have to spend some time dwelling on two things really earthquake events which is things that have happened that really shook up the family dynamics right so my uncle's death was a major portion that really threw off my entire dad's family um, my dad's entire family and really changed all of the dynamics and then my grandparents divorce really threw off the relationship with my mom and that's and then my parents divorce while it happened later in life for me it still really impacted me um, both in negative and positive ways but it was an earthquake event it shook up things and then the, to me, the most revealing thing and, uh, is just the last thing, this generational themes. And I could also put generational curses here where, you know, you kind of see some commonalities and patterns start to emerge as you go through the family tree. And in my case, it was, I have distance from spouse, escapism, broken relationships with fathers and divorce. So these are things that I'm fighting against naturally. I both have seen this behavior. I've internalized this behavior and I've also genetically predisposed towards these things. Um, and really, when I when I wrote this out, I'm going to stop sharing this for a second. When I when I wrote this out at uh, the pastors conference a year ago, it was really impactful to me. I mean, I really like I broke down and started crying at that time. Um, it's not like I didn't know these things about me, but to see them laid out so clearly and to see that like what you're fighting against, it's it was very I found it very um, eye opening and enlightening. And really, while I would say that you know God didn't just immediately take take those you know those negative things magically away. God has worked through me in the last year to basically understand when those things are happening and to be able to kind of combat them like very quickly, right? If I'm distant, I kind of catch it myself now. I can kind of say, oh no, that's, that's the old you. That's not the new you. So, sorry. <clears throat> so um, yeah, the, the, I really would highly recommend going through this family genogram. I found it very enlightening and very helpful and I would be happy to facilitate it for your group. 
if your life group or for your own self, if you want to need to, if you want to contact me and I would, you know, I'm glad to come over to your house or whatever you guys want to do. All right. Let me share this again. All right. So that's the kind of the how and maybe some things you can do, but I don't want to oversimplify the process. The, once you know what your shadow is, it doesn't mean it goes away, right? So there's a process here going through praying about it, talking to your loved ones about it. And you don't just, it doesn't just magically go away. Well, God can do what he wants, but most of the time it probably doesn't just go magically away. And, uh, but there is some hope here. God may not take it away, right? So, but God gives us grace and strength to deal with it. Uh, Paul describes his thorn in second Corinthians. He says, therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So God works through us when we are weak. And if you notice, actually, in that verse, when I said, you know, Paul was aware of it. Paul actually did understand his shadow. He was aware of it. So he had already done that introspection to understand where he fell short, where, you know, his thorns was coming, where they were coming through. So Paul was praying for that, his shadow to be taken away, but God didn't, God didn't take it. Um, but God gave him the grace and strength. And God often wants to glorify himself through us and through our weakness. Another reason, you know, we have good, good news here is that we are a new creation. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Right? We have that promise as Christians. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. You don't have to be like your old self anymore. You've got the Holy Spirit working in you through that sanctification process with you, within you. Right? And we can work with God and work towards that new creation together. And then finally, I really like this, this um, terminology here. We are children of light. In Ephesians 5, Paul says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. I thought this fit pretty well with what the concept of the space in your shadow is. And I really, really appreciated Paul's use of language here. It's like the light and dark motif here, and it's really relevant to, we, we need to be exposing these shadows and getting rid of them. All right, so let me close with this. Um, I don't want to trivialize any of this. There's a lot of people who have gone through horrible trauma, horrible things, and you know, maybe had horrible family situations. And this isn't something you can just you know, say a couple prayers about and it's gone usually. Uh, but, you know, we are children of light, right? If you are in Christ, you are a member of Christ's body, and therefore you're not alone. So let's work together and face our shadow together and become children of light. Let me close this in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you've given us um, these difficulties to glorify yourself, Lord. To, Lord, I thank you for our families. I thank you that our histories that have shaped us. I thank you that you have shaped us into who you want us to be, God. And I pray that today we will be impacted by it, Father. I pray that we will be self-analytical, Lord. I pray that we will be introspective and honest with ourselves and honest with others as to what, who we are, Lord, and who you have made us. But Lord, we, the flesh still clings to us. And I pray that you help us to do, just crucify that flesh. Get rid of it, Lord. And I just ask for your blessing on all of us watching today, Father. And I thank you for your chance to talk about your word. And I pray you are glorified.
In Jesus Christ's name, amen.